from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. This is Michelle. And this is Mark. <laughs> that was a high tone. That was, that, I think that broke the machine. <laughs> You've never heard that come out of the before. Someone had her by the gonads. That's exactly what I was going to say in a much worse way. <laughs> I don't have those. That is short and curly. <laughs> I have those. Well, today we are off-site, listeners. We are... Um, I'm going to get this wrong. We're at Green Acres. No. Anchors. 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 Like Anchors. Anchors. That's why it sounded so similar. Green Anchors, like Anchors. the boat. Is it Danforth or the plow? Just kidding. Um, sailing humor there for those of you in the sailing community. <clears throat> We're at Green Anchors. And you should have gone with the Green Acres thing and I just stuck with it. And, and anyway. sang a song. Oh, God. Maybe had um, our Arnold guest, the Pig. Yeah, accompany <laughs> me on the guitar. <laughs> We're under the St. John's Bridge. We're under the St. John's Bridge in, I would say Portland, Oregon, but it's actually St. John's, Oregon. Maybe 28 minutes. It is. It is. Yeah, we're absolutely okay. So we're in Portland, Oregon. Um, We're about 20 minutes outside of Portland by car. I mean, downtown, we can get in 10 minutes. You can? Sure, just over Highway 30 and down. That's how we came out, actually. Yeah. But the place where we're at is we're really inspired because it seems to be like the Portland mecca of tiny houses. There are, how, damn, there's a moth attacking me. There are at least probably, what would you say? 15, 15, right 15 now, homes yeah. right now here that are in various stages of build. And we, I, I'm, I'm impressed with what I saw. Oh, some amazing things. Some amazing Not the least things. of which is a 600 plus square foot tiny home. Yeah. I don't know that qualifies. I think they officially get kicked out of the tiny house club at 400. Yeah. I think that's, all, well... I think that's kind of this semi-official number. But nonetheless, the architecture is impressive. It is impressive. The architecture and it's the mobi- mobility. Um, wow, I'd love, to see, yeah, I'd love to see them move that sucker. <laughs> Me too. That trailer is massive. So we're going to have to depend on our host today to call us and be like, hey, they're going to move it. you got to come down here and take pictures. <laughs> I agree. So... I have to say, oh, thank goodness. I was, I was nervous because I didn't think his name was Miles. <laughs> it, is. So I, it is, yes. I was going to introduce we him. We haven't introduced him yet, so that's why he's being so generic. Well, and it's because funny because we're here and he's sitting here next to us, and usually when the guest is on Skype or whatever, they can't see us acting like idiots because we don't know the guy's name. But here he is sitting in front of us, and we have nothing to hide. You're just looking around going, his name is... That's what I saw the card over there. Yeah. For the listeners, uh, Miles just handed Perry his business card, so he has absolutely no excuses to fuck up his name. But there's no phonetic spelling of his name. Oh wait a minute. Let me let me interpret for you. No, sorry. (laughs) Exactly. So we're we're here today uh, at Green Anchors talking with the owner of Light Harvest Solar, and we got here. His name is Miles. Heiner. Mm-hmm. His name is Miles Heiner. Welcome, Miles. Thank you it's very much. It's good to have you Welcome. here. You're such an energetic character. Uh, it's great. You. We're going to have a great show. Yeah. But the reason why we're here is because Anita, um, whose name is escaping me right now, uh, had her tiny house built, and Miles was gracious, or not gracious, because he probably got paid for it, um, built her solar array, which was quite impressive. Yeah. I think it weighed 1,500 pounds, she said. Yeah. And was one, was one of the primary reasons why she blew all her tires on her trailer as she drove from here to Colorado. Oh, my gosh. I dun, did dun, not dun. hear that. She 
she carried her oh, solar away and all of her possessions in her tiny house oh, as a trailer. Uh-huh. Um, she blew the tires yeah. out. She blew oh, the tires out. the weight rating from the tires. But she was super impressed with your um, your array and suggested that we talk with you okay. as one of our guests. So yeah. welcome. Fabulous. Thank you for having me. Welcome. We're you're here. Yeah. So um, let's start by. It's so unusual to see the fear in the guest eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Over the radio, we yeah. just can't. We hear just it. can't. Hear yeah. It. yeah. Right. Right. So, so give us the the elevator pitch of your company, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. Um. Well, uh, for the most part, I design and sell uh, solar systems that are off grid. Um, and uh, I sp- do a lot of tiny home stuff. Um, I do a lot of uh, cabins. I do an awful lot with the local homeless community. Um, We're going to have to get back to that one. You'd be surprised. Really? That's amazing. Tons of customers live in, stay, living in their vans and their RVs. And, and they want to power up their they smartphones. Got they yeah. got it, yeah. And their laptops. Exactly. And their coffee makers, exactly. right? <laughs> and the air conditioner, right? Exactly. So, um, I wouldn't be homeless. So they're not really or, or borderline. Um, no, I suppose they have a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. Transient. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and so... Uh, By the way, we're not politically correct on this show all oh, good. the time. Yes. We try to be, yeah. but sometimes we're not. I, yeah, as do I. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so so I, I you know I'm essentially a retail store, and I carry everything people need to set up a mobile power station: uh, solar panels, charge controllers, batteries, wires, lights, inverters, um, and a lot of toys. Nice. Stuff do, like that. do you fabricate the solutions you create for people? Um, I don't. I don't. It's for do-it-yourselfers. Okay. Almost exclusively. And I've kind of stayed that way for a reason, mostly because I'm so busy now that I can pick and choose what I personally mm-hmm. want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I personally want to do. Um, I do put together stuff. I, I, uh, I design the system, so I make sure they, ca- they come in, tell me what they want to power, what their project is. I assess the project. Um, tell them what I think they're going to need to be successful with what they want to do. Um, and then I design the system with all the components uh, that they need and charge them and send them on their way with a, with a drawing and then hopefully a little bit of understanding about what they need to, to get it up and going. And it's all fairly simple once you get into it. And they, but they, they, you also sell them the equipment, of course. I do sell them the equipment. Okay. That's the main thing okay. I do is sell them the equipment. But I don't go, I, I, I don't go off-site and install it. Okay. Like I rarely install it. I just don't have the time to do it, and um, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm catering mostly to do-it-yourself, or so I'm essentially a retail store, like a solar Home Depot on a small scale mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Yeah, we'll we'll get to the tiny houses in a minute. How did you get into? How did you get into? This? What um, were you doing before? Well, this? I was in engineering school, and um, I like I was saying, I knew the price where solar was competitive. I've been watching it for years, and I'm a solar geek, and so. Um, I knew the price uh, when it was competitive, and I first time I saw it, I scraped every cent I had and bought a pallet, sold it real fast within a week. You bought a pallet of solar uh, panels. A pallet, a pallet wow. of solar, yeah. solar stuff. Uh, panels. Okay. Yeah, and so and and uh, and of course, you know, you really, especially the bigger panels, you have to buy a pallet. They're too big to ship. Okay. Right, individually, onesie, twosie. So. Um, and that, and then it just really caught kind of going and I kept getting more stuff. Like then I got panels and wire, then I got panels and wire and controllers, panels, controller, wires, batteries, panel, controller, wires, batteries, racks, inverters, everything. Right. So I've just grown and grown and grown and, and, um, keep on growing. And that's where I am now. And at this point I've pretty much got the ability to send people out with everything they need. 
wow. and the ability and the sort of knowledge, hopefully, to pull it off, right? So how many how many um, tiny houses would you say you created solutions for? Maybe um, well, it, let's see. If you're just gonna say like the kind of really quintessential uh, tiny home, maybe thirty. Um, if you want to start talking about RVs yeah. and that kind of thing, five hundred. Wow. You know, wow. six hundred maybe. All in Oregon. Yeah, they come hear me. Uh-huh. And I've had people from as far... I've had... Uh, one day I had three people coming from different directions, 500 miles away each, you know, so... What's the craziest application of solar energy you've heard? Um, geez, it gets pretty... Well, yesterday I put together a solar system for a guy who... A security... A, a solar-powered security system for a guy in his uh, weed grow operation. <laughs> So that that just happened to be yesterday, but um, I get all kinds of stuff. You know, people. Some people are into hydroponics. Um, some people are into aquaponics. Mostly, it just tends to be, uh, like I said, cabins, RVs, tiny homes. Um, sometimes people need remote pumps. Mm-hmm. Sometimes remote signs. You know, any kind. Any, you know, anything where there needs to be electricity that there's not. And you know, people in the past have just not been. We're not used to the fact that it's possible um, to have electricity where there never was. And, and so it's kind of a paradigm shift, and everybody's getting used to the fact that it's not that expensive or difficult to have power remotely anywhere, really. Well, let's talk about that. So, so the <clears throat> I was going to ask you about heating, but and maybe you can. Heating's super tough. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, of course. Okay, yeah. so, so with regard to <clears throat> providing electricity, how economical is it for a tiny houser to put solar panels on their... I mean, what are they getting into? Sure. It, it depends on what you want. Um, and, and, of course, uh, there tends to be three stages. Uh, the grid, and the grid is great, full blast all the time, inexpensive, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, That's what I have. Yeah. Yay, right go grid. Grid's great. Yeah, the grid's great. Um, a lot of people come in and get excited about uh, off-grid and, and philosophically and everything like that. And, and um, I tend to dial them back a little bit and give them more of the reality that if you've got the grid, use it because it's cheaper and it's easier and it's more effective. Um, but of course, if you don't have it, then you've, you're relegated to either a generator or solar. And then once you're in that situation, solar it, it demolishes it price-wise, performance-wise, uh, long, you know, um, longevity is, is way better. There's really no moving parts. They last for 25 years. They don't, they're totally passive. They don't make any noise. You don't have to feed them at all. You don't have to ma- maintain them really at all. Um, so so they're, they're highly effective if you, um, if you don't have any power, especially if you're up against a generator. There's almost no time when a generator will beat a solar panel, except for, say, middle of the winter. You need to run a real heavy thing like a microwave or something like that. But um, cost-wise, it, it ranges. You know, If you want to be super-duper minimalist, uh, you can get into a full system with batteries, say batteries, an inverter, solar panel, wire, charge controller, maybe uh, 700 bucks or something like that. And that would generate, that would That's um, enough power away. Lights, computer, phone okay. for, a, for a, maybe a tiny house. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, 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 and through the winter, you might be relegated to three or four hours of minimal light, at least in Oregon. Um, of course, if you're in Arizona, it's a whole different deal. But and then summer something like that is is going to be uh, pretty effective for the like lights computer phone unlimited um, stuff like f- fridges if you have a really good one but if you don't have a really good one probably not uh, so that's the essentials um, uh, you know living on um, living in a 
tiny home is going to be more like a thousand watts. Well, as I tell people about 500 watts, it's about what you start to be kind of comfortable. You know, it's about the minimum you can really live. For. And and a 500 watt system. Let's see, I've got the solar solar gear for that, and it's under seven hundred dollars for two panels and and. Um, and charge controller and wire and uh, of course I kind of am in this so I know how to get the real inexpensive stuff and the good stuff and everything like that um, if you want a thousand watts uh, is uh, is about what Anita had and I think she's now at 1500 watts and that will um, it's about what I've got here you know you can live in a small space pretty comfortably in the summertime you can start to run heavy stuff fridges uh, if you're, if you're, yeah, I, I do. You know, you gotta have a fairly robust battery system to do that, but you can definitely do it. Uh, and something like a couple, th you know, uh, the system that I have in here, you could replicate for maybe three or four thousand dollars, and that's a, you know, that's a pretty effective off-grid system. Of course, if you're up against a generator, you can spend that much money real fast. I mean, even a generator's expensive. Then of course you gotta feed it gas, and that's not cheap. And then you gotta listen to it, you gotta hear it, you gotta maintain it, you gotta do a bunch of stuff. So. Um, they, uh, it can be pretty, you know, it, it's economically, it's for sure the best deal if you don't have the grid. Okay. So let's back up the bus a little bit. Okay. So let's say, so if I understand you correctly, or, or let's back up. So when you're looking at tiny house power systems or tiny house systems, mm -hmm. basically from my mind's eye, they're really divided between three different categories. You have basically lights and power, mm -hmm. you have refrigeration, <clears throat> and you have heat. Mm -hmm. Now for my tiny house, and for a lot of them, I think, because of the really, you know, heat is obviously a big, sure. big power a power hog, a power Biggest, consumer. Yeah. And heat, there's already a built-in solution. you got propane and so forth. So I, I don't see a lot of people trying to sort of heat their houses with, with solar. Um, refrigeration, however, not sure. quite so easy. So if I understand you correctly, you said basically, you know, uh, lights and basic power under $1,000 for, for sure. a solar system. So what if I do want to do lights, power, and refrigerator then we're getting up to two thousand dollars yeah, between a thousand and two mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. and then if i want to do the full gamut and air conditioning and heating and everything it's probably three thousand you can get up to around five so okay. it's the batteries they get the batteries get expensive so let's talk about that because when when michelle said about heat when she first mentioned heat in her uh -huh. question you were about to say something and yeah, when i sure. asked when i asked you about the needs in the tiny house you said heat would be really tough so yeah. talk talk about what yeah, absolutely. So heat is one of the biggest problems because, of course, um, we're in Oregon, one, uh, and, and meaning, then it, what? meaning that the sky is dark okay. in the sun, in the, in the uh, winter. winter. And, of course, also the days are short. So you're, fighting, you're getting hit too hard in two ways. Short days, nasty weather, right? So um, in, it, 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 heat is really tough to do, especially through the dead of the winter months um, uh, with an electric heater. Of course, uh, I usually can go with the system I've got, I can go up until November. So I've got about two, two and a half, maybe three months of when I turn it on in the morning for the heater on in the morning for, you know, an hour or something. And then I turn the air conditioning on in the later on in the day or whatever. Right. But come about November, I find, um, it's not, I can't, I, I got it. I got it. That's the one time I do have to plug. I've got electric heat. So I, I do plug in in the winter for a couple months. Um, and then, of course, uh, in March, about March, I can, I'm back to where I can use the heater on the solar um, uh, a couple times, a, you know, a couple hours a day or something like that. Using heat would draw your battery down? Just and draws my battery so wouldn't down. wouldn't be able yeah, to, okay. Of course, and, you know, the solar only works when there's sun. It doesn't, I mean, it always works, 
but the differential between summer uh, between really really bad clouds and bright sun is about ten to one. So I'm losing about it. I'm losing about you know ninety percent of my power between the worst and the best. Right. So when I need it the most, um, of course the I, it, it's generating the least. Right. So um, heat is a tough one. A lot of there's a lot of things that we look at that we try to power that fit the sun cycle really well. Refrigeration is a good example. For instance. <coughs> usually don't need refrigeration as much in the winter as you would in the summer, right? Air conditioning is another good one. You don't need air conditioning in the winter. You only need it when the day is long and the, the, it's, there's a ton of sun. So those are easier to do. So certain stuff is easier, certain stuff is harder. Um, and, and of course, that's what I do is I, just, I assess what the reality of the situation is and make a million assumptions and a lot of um, <laughs> <laughs> come together and estimate, you know, say this is what I think is going to do good for you and, and send them out. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it varies a lot, but uh, a tiny home tends to, you know, a thousand watts is a night, uh, pretty livable for a tiny home. If you really want to go crazy, you know, go up to 15. Uh, you start to deal with roof space issues probably around 2,000 watts on a tiny home, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, if you really want to get crazy like I like to do, um, you can start looking at passive solar, you know, heating and stuff like that, south-facing windows. Oh, designing the building. Designing the building to, to generate its own heat. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's, a, there's an awful lot you can do with that that will take care of it. Um, and I haven't seen that as much as I'd like to in the tiny home community. But I accidentally ended up with that, actually. I went to my, you know, walked into my tiny house the other day. Um, all of my big windows, again, accidentally right now, are all facing south, full sun most of the day. My, the inside of my tiny house, all the windows were closed. The fan it wasn't on, so it's just 100% passive. Uh, inside of my tiny house was 98 degrees. Yikes. Yeah. That's one of those things you put people in when they're being punished on the Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, so I opened up Careful all 11 box. windows, turned on the ceiling fan, opened the front door, yeah. and it cooled off, obviously, really quickly, but I sort of accidentally created this passive solar. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting this winter to see how effective that is yeah. at supplementing the heat source. Probably fairly effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can be. What are people's most common misconceptions when it comes to thinking about solar for their tiny homes? Well, I would say by far the biggest misconception is the price, you know. Um, it's going down so fast. So it's unreal. I'm blown away. Every time I look at the computer, I can't believe they're selling these things for the price they are now. I mean, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, well, it's interesting because just maybe maybe 10 years ago, I was hearing arguments online that solar is still non-competitive with, with, the, with the more traditional fuels, not only in terms of price, but also in terms of performance, and you're saying the exact opposite. Now. Oh, it's destroyed it now. Yeah, absolutely. Is that because efficiencies are that much greater? Yeah. Efficiencies are that much greater. Economies of scale have kicked in. Um, there's a ton of money going into development now. You know, it kind of had to get over a hump, and it got over that hump about four years ago, about three, four years ago. And as the price goes down, of course, it becomes competitive for more and more applications, you know, and it's getting to the point where it's economically viable against even the cheapest energy sources. Well, it's, so, so, so one of the things that people say about, we're going to get a little technical just for a short period of time. One of the things that people compare with regard to fossil fuel energy and solar is the, and I'm going to get this wrong probably, you're an engineer, you can straighten me out. The, 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 basically, the horsepower per unit of fuel used. Mm -hmm. And so, like when you talk about solar-powered cars, for example, versus a combustion engine sure. car, people will say, well, you get more useful energy out of combustion of a fossil fuel sure. than you possibly ever can with a solar 
um, situation? Well, there's a ton of energy in, in fuel. Of course, the, burning it into an internal combustion engine is is highly inefficient to the tune of 30% or something. I don't know exactly the numbers, but um, it, 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 that's not even the issue because what the, it, because the issue is going to be really soon, and it already is. You look at Tesla, and you look at those guys are the ones really doing it. They're going to be faster. They're going to be lighter. They're going to be more. They're, they're going, the performance is going to be way better. They're going to be way less maintenance. They're going to not pollute as much. They're going to be. Uh, they're going to be a better product immediately. I mean, some they almost already are. But the batteries, of course, are the holding the batteries are by far. The, they've been saying it for years. I'm sure you've heard it before. Mm -hmm. Batteries are the, weak point, of the, the mm -hmm. weak point of the system. But they're just reaching a hump right now where their economies of scale on batteries are kicking in. And they're, they, I mean, they are improving so fast. It's just ab absolutely absurd how fast they're, how, how much better they're getting and, and how fast they're doing it. Have you got your hands on their new home battery? No, because they don't want, they're not, it, 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 it's kind of, uh, it's not applicable to guys, people right. like us. The voltage right. on it is crazy high. Right. They've got a proprietary system. They're working with their people and they're doing right. on-grid, which I don't know what they're thinking because you don't right. need it on-grid. It's right. a complete waste of money on-grid. Okay, so, so, so the battery conversation brings us back to what Mark was saying. So this, so you're, you have a battery array here. We mm -hmm. talked about it earlier. We're, we're in your shop mm -hmm. or your store and you were saying it, it weighed how much? Uh, that particular one, oh geez, five. Uh, let's see, there's five of those at 120 pounds, 600 pounds, just for the batteries. Okay, and so the the you know weight is an issue Huge. on a tiny house trailer. So right. when you're talking about 1500 watts of solar capability, mm -hmm. how much weight are you talking about in batteries? About what I've got, about it six, seven hundred pounds. Yeah, and t and those are the older style lead acid batteries, and they're uh, once you get into lithiums, it, it's real applicable to. Um, to tiny homes because they're much lighter, like way lighter. You can get any, and higher performing too, and better for the environment and everything. Uh, they they last longer. They discharge faster. They charge faster. Everything, uh, and even the um, the cost of them is pretty reasonable now because they cost about four times more, but they last about four times as long, mm. and they perform a lot better. Of course, they're a lot lighter. So I'm not. I, I haven't really delved into that quite yet. This uh, that's a project for this summer because obviously that's the future, and um, it's coming on strong. It's going to be three, four, five years before these things are dinosaurs. Is that and the kind of battery that you find in the Prius, for example? Priuses, Teslas, Tesla. every, every, everything now. Computers, your lithium drills, everything. Are, are these becoming um, smaller or lasting longer or both? Well, it's a whole entirely new technology. They're lithium-ion <laughs> batteries. Um, and uh, They're smaller, they're lighter, considerably smaller and lighter. Um, and like I said, they discharge high, faster, they charge faster. Of course, the, one of the biggest issues with the cars is that they need to be able to charge it as fast as you can charge mm -hmm. for filling your tank, mm -hmm. right? There's right. tons of effort going into that. Wow. Um, and it's going to, of course, it's going to be a few years, but it's not going to be long before you are going to have a, 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 something that is performance-wise pretty close to a grid-type house, um, and it's going to be a function of the batteries. You have 1,500 watts with a, a, a real nice battery bank will... Give you all you need. Wow. So here is my logic when I when I designed this you know electrical systems on my tiny house. So my logic was I originally did the research you know on on solar to power my tiny house, and I think the numbers you gave me are still pretty good to run absolutely everything, refrigeration, heat, and everything. It's going to be about three thousand bucks. So I was like, well, my return on investment ain't probably it's not really smart. Two things. Because my power bill, you know, even at full time, my power bill is less than 20 bucks a month. So I'm on grid, 
So I'm like, do I want to spend, you know, that much money or just want to go ahead and design an on-grid system? So that was part of my logic and not originally going with solar. The other part of my logic and not originally going with solar was the fact that, again, the technology, we seem to be on this cusp of all this new technology and the new batteries. And do I want to invest mm -hmm. in this old technology mm -hmm. when I know that it's like right there? Mm -hmm. So... Um, now, I, I got here, and we were walking around, and I said, well, if I ever want to go off-grid, um, I'd probably just get a generator, and you immediately said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to get you on the solar. <laughs> so again, what we're really talking about is solar is just absolutely the most economical way to go off-grid. Oh, absolutely. But if you're on-grid, like, don't even toy with it, right? Do we, do we agree that yeah, no on-grid, the electricity... On-grid is superior, absolutely. Yeah, right. Your batteries don't die. But so now I've got this tiny house. It's all wired for on grid. Let's say I want to take it and mm -hmm. stick it on twenty acres in, in sure. the mountains somewhere. So can I retrofit? Yeah, you can retrofit. Um, you'll you'll pay a little bit of a price for wiring your thing for one twenty um, to begin with, uh, and that what you end up uh, what it costs you is the energy consumption of your inverter, which takes battery power and turns it into house power because you have to turn it on all the time. Whereas you can see. At the moment, my inverter's off, and I've still got my lights going, mm -hmm. and I'm basically functional still. Right. Um, so you would need to keep an inverter all the time. It means you got to get a bigger solar system and things like that. Uh, but ease is easy. You right. Know, you just set it up, and I mean, you could literally build a box outside with your panels and and your batteries inside, and plug it straight into where you plug into the outside from your grid. So right. that's kind of what Anita has. Cause that's exactly what Anita has. That's exactly what she had. Okay. Exactly so. So if you're running into, you were talking earlier about it, if you wanted to fully uh, equip your tiny house with uh, solar electricity, you have the option of putting something on the roof, but I don't see a lot of those happening. Um, the other option is having ground a mount. ground mount. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do a ground mount all the way from a professional code grade ground mount to pieces of wood, you know, fabri fabricated up <laughs> into a triangle. Mm -hmm. um, and you can, you can do whatever you want uh, there. And, um, yeah, it, it works fabulous. If you're off the grid and you're up against a generator, it's just no comparison as far as performance goes. And, and Anita's was nice because she can switch. So she can, she, we, we've got a, sw a three-way switch in there. She can go switch it to the, say she is running something really heavy for her batteries are dead or whatever. She can switch it to the generator. And then she can even charge her batteries <coughs> off the generator. Oh, or she can go just solar. So, you know, if she has three or four days or five days or whatever of a really lean uh, sun, she can just flick a switch, get a cheapy generator, and call it good. But, but you said three switches. So it's, uh, it's a three-way. Uh, it's off, off solar okay. generator, okay. right? Okay. And so, um, but of course, generators, the biggest problem with generators is they're, they're loud, they're stinky, and they eat a lot of fuel. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I'm far beyond the kind of mentality to go to the gas station to get fuel. You know, it just, it's, I've got it all the time. I don't even, the novelty, I've had it working so reliably for so long now, the novelty just wor has worn off, and it's just like every day. Well, it's, go ahead. Mark. Oh, i got a quick question yeah. on that. Do you, so can you, in thinking about, like, the building we're in is like uh, uh, a mobile phone. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Can you tell, like you look at a mobile phone, it's like, oh, I've got 78% power. It's mm -hmm. going down. Can you look at something here Ton to tell you yeah. I'm at 85%? Absolutely. I've got tons of meters. I've probably got eight meters. And it's a voltmeter. Uh, uh, it's just like your gas tank, right? It tells you. I'm on a 12-volt system, so my batteries are full at like 13.5 or something like that. 13.7 means they're totally full. 
13.7 volts in my batteries. Um, I'm empty. I turn everything off at 12.0 volts. So um, you just watch your meter. Wait a minute. When you so I, I didn't understand what you just said. Well, you don't want to. Okay, so you can if you bring your batteries too low, if you mm -hmm. pull all the electricity out of them, you can ruin them fast, real fast. If you if you leave a light on and it goes all the way dead, you just you know you got about two times before you totally ruin your batteries, right? Wow. So you got to keep track of that and not let them get too low. What dictates how long a battery lasts is the depth of discharge and how many cycles you put it through. Right. Discharge cycles. Uh, uh, yeah, uh -huh. up and down. Full and up discharge and down. cycles or partial? Yeah, yeah well, it, it, par partial will just make it last longer. Got it. Okay. Full discharge will make it last. So you put those two things together, and that'll dictate how long your batteries are going to last. So of hmm. course, you, if you bring your batteries down just a little tiny bit, um, then it'll they'll last a really long time. If you bring them way down and back up. Uh, batteries just happen to love solar because solar is always going in and it comes on soft and goes strong and then dies soft. Whereas a generator will just put a ton of power to your batteries and then you just turn it off. So then you're all on, you know, anyway, your you can save a ton on battery cost alone versus a generator. So do you, do you put a, do these monitors that mark these gauges, Mark was just talking about, do they have an alarm or something that tells you when you should turn your thing off? Or do you uh, some do, some this? don't. You, you generally, uh, I watch. Okay. You know, you got to keep, that's one of the things you got to do. If you want to, if you want to really live off grid, you got to have a meter that's clear and easy to see and then, you know, um, alter your behavior a little bit. How often is, how much altering of the behavior do you have to make? I mean, is this well, a real problem? Uh, uh, yeah, well, Is sure, it better yeah, or worse absolutely. than the composting toilet transition? <laughs> <laughs> tiny house people can't wrap their head around the fact that there's no little flush button. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it requires a little bit of competency. Um, and, and it's certainly, uh, I'm out. Okay, there's a 90% gone. I just lost, y'all. Um, uh, yeah, you gotta be able to, yeah, uh, it depends on the summer. Summer times it's super full all the time. And, but I do wear run my air conditioning, so I still gotta watch it. Um, winter time, you gotta stay pretty on top of what it's doing. Yeah. So, um, so that's one of the downsides. So my ex-brother-in-law, don't ask me why I know this, but he went out in the mountains and bought 60 acres and he called the power company and said, I, you know, bring in power. And they're like, yeah, no problem. You can write us a check for $30,000. Wow. So now he's really, now he's researching solar power. And so my ex called me and asking me about it and, and uh, we've been talking about it. So you, you obviously help with solar systems with tiny houses and RVs and and like you said, remote signage and that kind of thing. So do I have this guy call you? Yeah. Like, can you, do you create solar grids and solar arrays for full compounds yeah. in the middle of the mountains? Absolutely. Um, so on a scale, are, is this scalable? If I start yeah. with one panel, then I add additional panels? How, how does that work on from a scalability perspective? Sure. Um, absolutely. It is scalable. Uh, there's, uh, as you... Uh, there's there's a fairly large benefit to doing it um, all right off the bat the same. The big reasons why are because the batteries need to be the same batteries and 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 you've got to get them all the same voltage and things like that. So there's a lot there's a lot of design stuff and that's why I am you know doing so well is because I know how to design it and send people out with what they need without having to figure out a ton of stuff. But um, but. There, so there, yes, there. It can be scalable, but it's there's a fairly large advantage to doing it all right off the bat in in the uh, compatibility of the componentry. 
if people want to say, I'm going to want to add more in the future, then I sometimes make some concessions and things like that to try to make it so that they can add more. Um, but, um, yeah, you can do it. You just you pay a little bit of a price in terms of your performance and stuff like that. Probably less than $30,000. Uh, $30,000 I can put together. A, <laughs> I can put together a system that will power a house fine for $30,000. And then, of course, it's just $30,000 to get there. They're still paying the bills. And right, stuff. exactly. And right. Um, over time, you know, it's kind of neat to, to see you're, you're, you're paying yourself back. You know, some of these systems that cost... Um, you know, maybe four hundred dollars for the solar stuff. You know, they they put out th they've given me thirty forty dollars back right. in a couple of years. Right. Wow. So and they'll be paid off and and you know after seven eight years or something like that. And um, but they of course they go for twenty five years generally. Or they they usually go for more than that. They're warranted for twenty five years. You know, they're getting up to forty years out of these things. And um, but like I said, it's it's even above and beyond the cost. It's the performance that you're that is so nice when you're up against a generator. Because it, you don't you don't need to feed it and you don't need to think about it you don't need to hear it you know and, and so um, so yeah it's great I had a system that just went out to Africa last month big system fifteen panels wow. bunch of batteries charge controllers rack a big rack wires everything yeah Mark's from Africa oh good I've been there <laughs> <laughs> of course I can tell Sorry. first thing I said I he looks like an African yeah. to me <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a house for okay. at a mission. Okay. It's a wow. house at a mission. I've got stuff in, I've got stuff in the deepest jungles of the Amazon. I've said I said got a, a system on an island for a native a native uh, Alaskan Islander. The first electricity he's ever had in his life. He's wow. about eighty. Wow. Real cool guy. Be cool um, if it's an igloo. It would yeah. be really. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the coast, so it's yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's a coastal island, so they're not quite, uh, they're not seeing that, but. Um, yeah, I've got uh, at this point. I've got it all over, all the way from all the way from the tiniest little thing, just to trickle charge a, your RV batteries, all the way to to big homes. I've got yeah, fifteen panel systems. I've got one up in Sandy. I've got them on, all over the place. So let's talk about those more um, uh, eclectic installations you had. Um, the so you you said you had used the word homeless, but I don't think these people are homeless. No, the, so, so yeah, let's talk about uh, on boat. Tons of people on. Uh, Listen, tons of stuff. Boats. Lots of sold sold the system to a guy on a boat yesterday. Uh, lots of people living in their boats. Lots of people living in their RVs. Lots Sarah. of Sarah. Oh yeah. right. Hopefully, right. <laughs> hopefully they thought about that before they left. <laughs> yeah, uh, tons of RVs, just travelers too. That's a, that's probably forty percent of my business is just people who want to go have power on mm -hmm. their RV. Um, and then uh, I, I work with a, a Dignity Village in town. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know mm -hmm. Dignity mm -hmm. Village. We'll go talk to those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dignity Village are great. I could certainly hook broker. You up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I work with the guy who's running the place over there. Uh, we've got a few systems over there. So um, do you do you does your system provide electricity to everybody who's living there? It's individual per building. Oh, I see. Yeah, they don't have any centralized things. So I they've see. got so they you put you know they which is the, generally the easiest way to go. I have a container directly next to me. But this is how easy it is. I put its own solar system there because it was easier than running a wire right next door. Oh, wow. What? I just didn't want to run the wire, you know. It's putting a drill hole and stuff and tag it and stuff. So I just... So for the listeners, visually, I want to, I'm going to connect the listeners to what you just said. So we're basically... Are we sitting in a converted shipping container, are, right? Huh? And next to us is another 
shipping container. It's not converted for, for retail space like this one is. So what you just said was it was easier to hook up the shipping container that's literally right on the other side door. of this wall. Yeah. It's easier to hook it up to its own solar than to run the wire from yeah. solar or from shipping container A to B. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can set up one of these as long as I don't have to mount it to any. I could, I could mock it up and show you how it works in 40 minutes. Good. I could take one from nothing to, to powering a drill in about 40 minutes. Wow. With the stuff I have here. Yeah. Pretty effectively. Do you think, in, in kind of third world countries, do you think this is going to kind absolutely. of leapfrog the way that we're talking about? I know about it is. Yeah, I'd okay. be willing to bet, you know, if I had a million dollars, I'd bet it to you. But um, absolutely it will. Okay. Yeah, be, because of that. And not only that, but we're stuck. We're kind of, we've already got this really nice grid. And, and we're kind of, it's there. It's done. It's made. These folks that don't have that are going to be doing it entirely differently. Mm -hmm. They're going to be do, do, and and how that plays itself out, I'm not exactly sure, but um, but yes, absolutely, highly effective to have. If you have a house that's not hooked to the outside grid, doesn't have any electricity, it's the easiest, the cheapest, and best. And I don't know how, how much access they have to it in the third world countries, mm -hmm. but um, certain if you know if you don't have the grid, it's it's. You know, you take a jump from having no electricity to having electricity, that's gigantic. Mm -hmm. I don't think people would quite realize what life is like without light. You know what I mean? But you can get, you can get a minimum stuff like light really cheaply and easily, you know. And um, now you can at least. Uh, like I was saying, the price of these, he mentioned 10 years ago. The price is, 10 years ago, it was about $5, $8 a watt. Now it's about 79 cents a watt. So it's maybe like it's maybe like a best case scenario a tenth the price that it was 10 years ago wow. for the panels at least. And um, everything's coming down. The, all the equipment's coming down. It's coming down. And, and it's where it stands right now, it just demolishes like price-wise um, something like a, you know, a, a Honda generator, a nice Honda generator is $1,000, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, a $1,000 solar system will um, easily easily produce more power. So the, the um, uh, oh shoot. And there it goes. This doesn't happen <laughs> very often. When it does, it's, oh it's, I remember. It's got yeah, so <laughs> so is, is cooking with electricity the same as heating your house in terms of uh, it's, it's hard. It's easier because of course you can do it in, you know, you got to cook through the summer and stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> no cooking in the winter. No, no. In, in the winter, um, in the winter, you, out. you know, if you're, if you're really living in it all the time, it's a good idea to have a, a, a generator, but you can also get away with a real small, cheap generator, mm. right? You don't have to get something that's, that's gigantic. Um, heat, it, it, it depends on how you want to set it up. If you're, of course, a lot of people are doing propane and this and kind of, kind of thing for, for a lot of, of what you need in a tiny home, which is fine. But if I had it my way, I would probably prefer to set the whole thing up, everything on electric, and then just run a generator occasionally when you need to. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, for sure, because propane's a pain. It you gotta is a go pain. pick I it up, you gotta do, be, you gotta. Yeah, it could blow up on you. I agree, but. So I'm gonna, I'm actually, I'm gonna contradict your perception on that. The reason why I um, went with propane, heat, and electric um, refrigeration and lights was because of the fact that when I go to look for a host, mm -hmm. um, not everybody's going to have the big fancy RV 220 power cord that it yeah. would take to run my house, you know, all, all electric propane and so heat and everything. So, so I kind of, you know, um, I'm, all of my lights are LED. Um, all of my system is really, really low power requirements. 
because I want to pull up to somebody and say, hey, I got a 110 power cord. You know, it looks exactly like what you would have coming out of the back of your computer. Of and can I plug this into that outlet you have right there on the side of your garage? I can run my whole power on less than wow. a half of a toaster. Sure. So uh, that's, so I'm, I am going to yeah, contradict no, you on, right. on that. Um, yeah. So, but heat sources, cooking and heat sources, there are a plethora of, of heating options. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, I tend to live in the world of solar, so I tend to get highly optimized stuff for solar. Mm -hmm. Right, absolutely. And, and uh, whereas most people don't. Most people go down the road. And there's been an advantage to going. There's a reason why they do that. You right. Know? Um, it's, uh, it's because of the ability to do what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. If you... Um, but if you are going off grid, there's a fair amount of design work that can optimize it, and you can do you can do heating and stuff like that. But um, it does you would probably want like if you're really going to live in it full time, you probably want a small generator. But you just find that it's a difference between running it 24 hours a day all the time and running it, you know, a couple running it a couple hours a day in the worst months. Kind do, of thing. Does does uh the uh, infrared heater draw as much electricity as a normal heater? Uh, there's some there's some options out there uh, that are less consumptive than others. I don't, um, y you know, I'm not the kind of guy that tells people stuff that I haven't personally tried, and mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of uh, ton of uh, experience with that. I've got an old school uh, fifteen hundred watt fan heater that's nice. about as inefficient as it gets, <laughs> and I um, and that's what I use. So. Uh, yes, there's more efficient ones you can do it. Anita has a couple little 400 watt ones, and if the sun's shining, she, it, I mean, she's going to Colorado, so she's probably, yeah. I told her, she, I'd be interested to see what the real world results are, but I would expect that she has, will be able to do probably 80%, 50, 70, 80% of her heat on it really I would guess wow. we'll see yeah. it depends and, yeah. but of course there's a lot of other things you can do super tight built efficient houses yeah I mean there's ways you can do it but but of course you know you gotta you gotta optimize right. if you really want to if you really want to really want to do the job right you gotta you gotta optimize it out otherwise you're relegated to doing it almost perfect yeah, there are so many, many different factors to consider. Again, you, you sort of referred to the R, fat, the R value in your insulation, you know, how much time and effort you spent in maximizing your R value, how much time you're going to spend in your tiny house or your house or whatever. Um, the weather from any given season, mm -hmm. we're, we're running on a hot season so far, yeah. so yay for solar, but mm -hmm. it could turn sure. on a dime as well. Um, obviously, your locale, that was another consideration. I was thinking, if I want to move my tiny house and I want to park it under a tree next to an ocean. I want to park it oh, under yeah. a tree. I don't want to have to park it in the middle of this big <laughs> area and walk around kind of like with your finger in the air finding the ideal sun that's position. A, so and that's what you got to do. So yeah. many, so many different factors Tons. to consider. Mm -hmm. Again, the return on investment for on-grid versus off. But, but, um, but we will be talking again soon. I am interested in having that flexibility sure. of, of going off-grid and and finding out exactly what it would cost to run my 1945 refrigerator on solar. So there is a project you probably haven't thought sure, about. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's a project you probably haven't considered. Yeah. And you could do it too in the summer. <laughs> right? Um, but or if you live in Arizona or you know we live in, we're in Oregon so it's literally one of the hardest places to really make yeah. it work so if you're even on the east side of the Cascades I designed an entirely different system right. for the folks on the east side and if they're going down to Arizona you know it's pretty easy to 
build something that'll do the job. Um, but uh, you can make you can you know if if you know what you're doing, you can do it effectively and and, and you can do it inexpensively too. And if we don't know what we're doing, then we call you. And so, how would we reach you? Yeah, there we uh, go. <laughs> Love those segues when they happen really well. My company is Light Harvest Solar, like harvesting the light. Uh, www.lightharvestsolar.com. Uh, my name is Miles Heiner, and uh, my phone number is 503-501-7733. And your email? Uh, miles at lightharvestsolar.com. Awesome. Woo! And uh, just nice. get in touch and tell me what your project is, and I'll uh, let you know wh- uh, the high side and the low side and how much it costs and how complex it is. Well, it's been great having you on the show today, Miles. Thank you so much. And thanks for the tour of Green Anchors. It's sure. very, very exciting. And tune in next time, listeners. Uh, when next week we're going to listen to an interview with... No, we have no idea. No. Actually, I know who who's penciled in. Oh, that's right. Who is it? Yes. Jay, is it Jay Schaefer. Cross your fingers. Wow. Hopefully he doesn't get too busy again. So, that's, so. that's a nice euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, listeners. All right, bye. bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.